Well, good morning. Good morning. Who's ready for fall break? <laughs> That's great, me too. Um, our scripture this morning comes from the book of Mark. Um, and the Holy Spirit wants us to be ready for this. So uh, it comes from the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. People were bringing little children to Jesus in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me, do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, and he laid hands on them and blessed them. This is the word of God. A while ago, I was listening to a really interesting podcast. This was actually about 10 years ago. And I still remember it because it was so thought-provoking. So 10 years ago, I was not married. I did not have kids. And I was just trying to make my way through grad school and figure out if I really liked this guy named Derek or not. And I was on my way to a meeting at a church, and it was a little bit of a drive, so I put on a podcast that I like to listen to every now and then called Freakonomics. Anybody ever listen to Freakonomics? Uh, so it, the tagline of Freakonomics, it's this, uh, these self-proclaimed rogue economists, they call themselves, uh, who explore the hidden side of everything. And so this particular episode was called The Paradox of Parenting the paradox of parenting. Paradox meaning something absurd, something contradictory that seems contradictory uh, until you investigate it further and you find out that it's true. So this episode, the paradox of parenting, uh, these economists point out that most people assume that having kids, having children, will make you happier. <laughs> that is a mama. Um, but as these rogue economists dug into the research, they found what Steffi already knows, that parents uh, are actually not happier than people without kids. In fact, in a lot of cases, they're actually less happy. And so this episode went through all these different economic factors of, of why this might be the case. The economic, or the financial factors, the emotional factors, the social, the physical, all these different reasons why this might be true. And it really stuck with me. It's interesting, right? That you might assume, oh yeah, having kids will make you happier. But then you find out having kids actually doesn't make you happier, and yet, people keep having kids, <laughs> right? That's fascinating, isn't it? She asks you desperately as she stands up here pregnant with her second child. 
Okay, so I'm going to put a pin in that for a second. And I want, to, I want us to go back to the book of Mark, our scripture this morning. And I want you to remember that at this point in the book of Mark, Jesus has been doing a lot of healing and miracles with the crowds, but perhaps more importantly for us this morning, Jesus has been doing a lot of correcting the disciples. Um, His best buds, these people that were so close to Jesus all throughout his ministry, they keep missing the point. And Jesus is constantly trying to bring them back to the meaning of it all. The kingdom of God has come near, he says at the beginning of the book of Mark. Repent and believe in this good news. And so here in chapter 10, with these kids, Jesus, again, is breaking it down for the disciples, keeping it real, and he tells them, look, I do not work the way the world works. He says, following me is not going to work the way the world thinks it should work. So you've got Jesus, and you've got the disciples, and these kids, and this tension uh, between them all. Um, But there's a bit of a cultural gap between these first century characters and our 21st century ears that I think is worth mentioning. You see, today, in our modern Western culture, we tend to value showing kindness and tenderness to children, right? Their cute videos on YouTube are some of the most watched clips on the internet. We've got all these programs and all this fundraising for children and their well-being that really everybody loves to champion, right? We put a lot of value on protecting and shepherding our children in our society today. But in this New Testament culture, children were not thought about with the same affection at all, okay? Kids were seen actually as a bit of a nuisance. Children at this time, just like women in this patriarchal world, had no place in society except for the place they got from having a relationship with an adult male somewhere. That was, that was the way they had a place. Otherwise, no place. Uh, so specifically, if you had a kid, the good things about having a kid were that uh, you're guaranteed that your family would have another generation, and once the kid got to be old enough, they could start working and help your family business grow, right? They could start adding finances to your family. But other than that, Uh, kids were just a little bit of a nuisance that cost extra money and a lot of time. And so when these people are bringing children to Jesus, the disciples, caught up in their culture, took the opportunity to kind of puff up their chests, put on their stern faces, and lay down the law. Right? This is unacceptable behavior, they'd tell these parents. And you know it. So get these kids away from Jesus. We don't have time for this. So then Jesus hears what's going on, and he is indignant, which is the only time Mark uses this word, which is this literary way of saying Jesus is really, really mad. Right? Jesus is really mad. And he explains why. He says, no, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, 
because the kingdom of God, my world, belongs to people like this. And he goes a step further even to correct the way the disciples are living, and he says, truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter into it. Again, Jesus is lifting up the voices of those who are not regarded in society as being valuable, and Jesus puts them front and center, and he says to them, in my world, these are the ones who have something to teach us about God. These are the ones. So, what are the kids teaching us? Right, what do they teach us about receiving the kingdom of God? That's the question for us. Is it that children are really cute and innocent and, um, and, and have a lot of humility? That you've gotta be sweet and innocent in order to enter the kingdom of God? I don't think so. My, my three short years of parenting so far have told me that uh, children are definitely not sweet and innocent all the time. Okay, like this morning, I'm in the bathroom doing my hair, and Theo's jumping on the bed, and I tell him, Theo, don't jump on the bed. You're going to fall off and crack your head open, right? And so he waits, he waits a couple of minutes and then sneaks up to the bathroom and gently closes the door <laughs> so that he can continue jumping on the bed. That is deceptive and manipulative, right? He is not sweet and innocent all the time. So I don't think that's what Jesus is telling us we've got to do. I think instead, Jesus is wanting us to consider how a child receives. How does a child receive and receive the kingdom of God? Which is a pretty radical move for this first century audience that didn't think children were worth much time and attention. Now, It's easy for us in these plush seats here in 2019 to think, well, gosh, these first century folks really got it wrong. They are pretty uh, just terrible people when it comes to thinking about kids. But can I be honest with you all for a minute? Let me be real. When I think about that for a second, their worldview, right, I sort of think that they were just living out what this Freakonomics episode was trying to point out, right? The kids don't bring anything practical to your life. Don't tell Theo. (laughs) But they are a lot of work. They cost a lot of money. And they take a lot of time to raise. And they're a bit of a nuisance in this way because they come to you with these empty, needy hands. So I have a kid, and I hate to burst your bubble, but I'm not up here to give you some miracle story about how these economists are wrong. If I'm honest, I look back at the last three years of our first venture into parenting, and they were really hard, right? They've taken a lot out of me and Derek. And uh, Theo was a healthy kid, like he's pretty easy. And still, they feel really hard. Um, I did a little bit of scary math, just to put some numbers on this feeling that parenting is really hard. 
And so far in Theo's three short years of life, we have spent thousands of dollars along with family and friends, thankfully, on furniture, cribs, and rocking chairs, and strollers, and clothes, and diapers, and medicines, and shoes, and coats, and toys, and car seats, and bikes, thousands of dollars. And this is, this is the really scary uh, number that I hate to even say out loud, but with two of us parents working full time, we've spent around $25,000 on childcare for three years. Yikes! Theo is not adding to our bank account, let me be clear, <laughs> okay? But more than just this financial tax, it's tax on our time, right? So be, between being pregnant with Theo and then caring for him these past three years, we've spent hundreds of hours in the hospital or visiting doctors, I breastfed Theo for the first year, which means that I spent about 1,800 hours in his first year of life nursing him. 1,800 hours. So just a little comparison there. That is the same number. That is equivalent to working a full-time job, 40 hours a week for a year, which I was also doing on top of nursing him, right? In the last year alone, We've spent about 1,500 hours trying to convince him that he should eat, <laughs> that he should poop and pee in the toilet, uh, that he should sleep, that he needs to take naps still. And so with what little time and money we've got left, we try to see our family and we try to care for some friendships in our lives and we try to work really hard at our jobs, but we feel the strain. Having a kid is no joke and it doesn't add anything practical to our lives. And yet, here I am. <laughs> okay. Here I am, five months pregnant with another kid, ready to do this all again and double it all. Why in the world? You're waiting for your grandparents. <laughs> so you're waiting for the golden years when you're a grandparent. <laughs> okay, now I don't know for sure. I've got some time to work this out. But I think it has something to do with the same reason that Jesus says children are the key to understanding the kingdom of God. You see, to receive the kingdom of God like a child means you come to the kingdom of God with nothing. You come into the kingdom, into the world of Jesus with empty, needy hands. Children have no credit. They've got no clout. They have nothing to boast about, nothing to contribute towards. Children come only as ones who can receive and that's what God wants from his disciples. Come only as one who can receive. So why is that important? I think we get caught up in it all sometimes and we forget that God doesn't need you or anything that you bring. He doesn't need your work or your ministry or your perfection or your promise to do better. You can't earn a place with God because God doesn't need you. 
But the beautiful part, the beautiful part is that God doesn't need you, but he doesn't want to do life without you. So Jesus says, come into the kingdom, but don't come because I need you. Come because I want you. Come with empty hands and let me fill them. I don't need Theo, right? I don't need Theo. He doesn't do anything to deserve to be my kid, and as much as he thinks using his pretend vacuum is helpful, he actually <laughs> does not do anything that's helpful to, to be part of our family. He comes to our family with empty hands. But, but, here's the kicker. I don't need Theo, but I would never want my world to be without him. I don't need Theo, but I don't want to be without him. So Jesus says to his disciples, come into the kingdom. Come like these children with empty hands, but don't come because I need you. Come because I want you. Come with empty hands and let me fill them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Band, you can come back up. Friends, meet with Jesus, not because he needs you, but because he wants you. Amen? Amen. Go in peace.